This is Apostle James Podcast. Transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Hello, you are welcome to a very special edition of this podcast. We hear the mystery of connection, the mystery of prayer, the mystery of the Holy Spirit. And then here we are going to, you know, this is Apostle James podcast transfiguring the world by the word of god and bringing joy to the faces of many let your word to god bring life bring salvation bring encouragement bring redemption lord to life of people all over the world love from africa lord to asia from asia to the to to uh, to the americas lord north and south lord god Arctic and antarctica lord everywhere Father God, wherever that you cause this to go to, Father, let it go penetrate into the heart and homes of men. We just trust you, Holy Spirit, have your way absolutely and bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ alone. Thank you, Father, for answering us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Brother you take over from there and then we'll go on ahead and then I'll discuss the word of God. Alrighty. Yeah, uh, anybody who's just tuning in um, or just catching up on this episode, we went through uh, John the Baptist a couple weeks ago. You know, Jesus getting baptized and then he went into the wilderness. Last week we went, we walked with him in the wilderness uh, and we talked a lot about temptation um, in chapter four. And then in Matthew chapter five, uh, that's where we find ourselves today. Um, and this is where we get to we get into the beatitudes. Uh, the be attitudes means that as a believer, you should. This is the kind of attitude that you really should walk around with. Um, and the word that I hear God uh, telling us today for this message is ways. W a y s ways. And these are in this chapter. Uh, we're going to reveal uh, different ways that the Lord wants us to live, I believe, um, strongly that that's going to uh, come out of this chapter. But um, Holy Spirit, just touch down on this word, please. Uh, fill up our hearts, mind, body, and soul with the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we always want to want to thank uh, God for everything in our lives. I think that's very important to, to understand the importance on thank Him all day. Thank the Lord all day. Praise Him all day. And if you do that, you keep your heart fixed on him, he'll he'll never leave you. I mean, he's never going to leave you anyways, even if you try to run from him. But, you know, uh, you have to thank him for everything. Because even if you look at the bad things in life, uh, you're going to find God in the midst of of your issues, no matter what it is. Uh, But chapter 5, Matthew 5, verse 1, says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Jesus was on on a mountain. His disciples followed him up there. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I just want to stop right there for a second. Uh, verse 11 right there at the end. You know, at the very end, bringing up the, the, the end of the Beatitudes there, it says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. So when you know you're doing good in life and you're trying to do good, and somebody comes after you with a bad intention or they have a, a dirty heart or, or they want to point out your flaws, your errors, they want to point out mistakes that you've made. For one, pray for them because they're worried about all the wrong things. You know, don't don't ever give somebody the power or the authority to make you feel a certain way based on their opinion. And what I mean by that is that you cannot let somebody who has bad intentions and is trying to come against your life decide your outcome. Mm. Don't let somebody else try to take what God... Nobody can, nobody can take what God has for you. The only thing that can happen is that you give it to them mm. by entertaining that negativity. Mm. So when it says... Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Mm. Jesus is telling them, you're blessed whenever you handle it as a complete Christian. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you handle it, whenever you handle the situation, the opposite of how you're being attacked in humility and meekness, it says that the meek shall inherit the earth. It says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It said, for they shall be filled. So God is going to bless you if you remain humble, no matter what somebody's saying to you to try to get you to respond, to get you to, to go off and, and break character and, and try to manipulate who you are. You know, it, it, the Bible tells us it's okay to be angry. But it says, be angry and do not sin. So in your anger, don't go and, and do something that you'll, you'll regret for the rest of your life. Don't go and do something in the midst of your anger that can, that can change the trajectory of your future. And don't give anybody, uh, don't give anybody, uh, the ability to, to, uh, persuade you in the wrong ways and then in 12 it says rejoice it says rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you so he's telling us look man everybody that you've read about in the bible all the, all the prophets the ma the minor prophets the major prophets from elijah to nahum to uh to Micah, to uh, everybody, 
and all the prophets in the Bible to Zephaniah and, and I mean everybody they all suffered big time but it was for the sake of the Lord it wasn't they didn't suffer it's not about us it's about him and so if you really pay attention to what the Lord is telling you to do he says he will bless you he says blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake so when someone's saying something about you but you know it's not true don't get all angry about it you know don't get mad at, don't get mad at a person because they make up a lie about you you know if you know it's not true you have to walk in confidence walk in confidence self-control and say you know what i don't even have to, i'm not going to entertain that I'm not going to pay that any mind. I don't need to pay that any attention because when you give your energy and your attention to something that's negative, you're taking it away from what God's really trying to do in front of your life. You know, you're taking it away from something that you could be getting uh, to further the kingdom of God. But by entertaining the negativity, you're not advancing anything. You're actually putting a damper on your productivity just that even just as a person you know if you're just focused on all the bad things you you can get stuck there you can get stuck there and it can cause you to be in a mindset that it's hard to break and so just stay away from that in uh, verse 13 uh, it says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men so you know you have there's a certain amount of things that God has placed inside of you and if you don't you don't keep up with them and you don't study the word you don't read the word you don't pay attention to what the Lord is saying you and you just let the gifts that God has given you lay idle and dormant if you if you don't if you don't exercise the things that the Lord has given you then that flavor that sensation those things that God gives you you become it's like an athlete okay if an athlete doesn't train then they can't play they can't start on the team for the for the big game you know, if an athlete doesn't exercise, he's going to be out of shape. And so this is the same thing with, with you as the salt of the earth. Don't lose your flavor. Don't lose your flavor. Because if you lose your flavor, then that can cause other people to lose their flavor and to get a bad taste in their mouth. And we want to, we want to be that salt that's seasoned just right. We want to be that salt. That makes you say, "Oh, what'd you put on this? Well, how did how did this happen?" You know, you want to be seasoned just right. You don't want to be thrown out and trampled on by the world. You want to be girded up in the Word of Truth. You want to be girded up in the Word of God, and you want to be well-rounded in every way that you can. And so, these beatitudes, these these eight beatitudes here, uh, from verse three to uh, 11 you really need to pay attention to those and really meditate on them meditate on those beatitudes and make them your life 
they will change. They will change the way you look at things. Because a lot of times the way that we want to do things isn't necessarily effective, you know? Sometimes sometimes we want to we want to worry about ourselves too much, you know, instead of showing somebody else love or comfort. Well, it's not about you, bro. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about taking care of, of the world and the people around us on any level, even just giving somebody a hug, letting them know that they're loved, you know, just let them, let them know that you care. You see a, an old man in the street, just sit with him for a few minutes, you know, sit with him, talk to him. What does he need? What is, what do you, there's something that you have that he needs. And so figure that out. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give it to him. Give it to him. No matter how big or small, give it to him. In verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, it says, You are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so, you know, walking in your faith, sometimes people can can persuade us to make us think that being a Christian isn't cool. You know, people can people can try to say that all oh, those Christians are boring. They don't drink. They don't smoke. They don't get high. They don't do none of that. They don't party. Christians don't party. They don't do that. What what could possibly what could possibly be fun about being a Christian? Well, there's a reason that this says we're the light of the world because we shine brighter. Christians shine brighter. Jesus shines brighter than anything in the world. And so don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed because you walk in righteousness with the Lord. Don't be ashamed to talk about Jesus. Don't be the person who keeps their faith to themselves. Don't be selfish with your salvation. Don't be selfish with your salvation. Don't hold it in. Push it out. Be the light. And I think it, I think it was Mother Teresa, and there was one other person who said, always preach the gospel. Always preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Sometimes use words. Meaning, you know, your character and your actions are that light. It's not necessarily talking and preaching and all that. But the way that you live your life is a light to others that are looking to see something that they want to pursue. You know, the way that that you live your life is a reflection of the, the love of the Lord. If you're walking in righteousness, if you're walking with the Lord in his righteousness, then other people are going to see that. And that's why right here it says a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Because the fruit of your works is going to be evident in the way you live your life. You can't hide when you're a Christian. I know I can't hide my smile. You know what I mean? I can't hide that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it's a Holy Spirit smile yeah. everywhere I go. Like, I, don't, I don't smile just yeah. because I, I feel like it. It's because I'm always with the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a Holy Spirit smile. And I know you know what that feels like because every time I see you, you're smiling all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? It's, it's those, that uncontrolled, you can't, you can't, you can't control the light. But I'll tell you one thing is that yes. the light, 
what's done in the dark will always come to light and that light is always going to shine whether you want to accept it or whether you want it to or not god is going to make sure that his light will shine brighter than anything Uh, verse 15 it says nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house so i just want to put this in perspective real quick so back in the day you know people didn't have batteries and flashlights you know people didn't have cell phones and and electricity you know they didn't have you can't just push a button and turn a light on back in the day or flip a switch people spent money on oil they spent a lot of money on oil oil was expensive it was currency back then and so to have a lamp you have to have oil and so people didn't just leave the lights on all day like we do nowadays they leave their lights on during the daytime no they they lit lamps and had lights only at nighttime that's why your grandma and your great-grandma go to sleep at the crack of dawn because they didn't always have electricity to keep the to keep light in the house people have required the sun to keep their houses lit through the windows a lot of times you know and electricity was expensive so that's why you always have people that say hey you know turn the lights off stuff like that and you should always conserve energy but it wasn't always like that they didn't always have that option so for a person to put uh to light a lamp and then put it under a basket would be to just squander and waste money because that oil that they're burning in the lamp costs money. It would be pointless. It would be pointless to light a lamp and put it under a basket. But it says in 16 here, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So take that take that basket off of that lamp. Let that light let your light shine. That's really what the word is saying here is to let your light shine. Let your light shine in any way possible. Uh, and don't be afraid to turn up, to turn the oil up. Don't be afraid to, to, to push that wick through a little more and get a brighter, a brighter lamp going, you know, a brighter fire going. Don't be afraid to, to crank it up a notch. You know, you can never have enough Jesus. You can never have enough Jesus in your life. You know, he died for us. And the more we have, we soak up this word, the more the Holy you're going to hear from the, from the Holy Spirit. And so just let your life shine. In 17, it says, Do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. You know, back then, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the people of the church they charged Jesus with blasphemy. You know, they said he was going against Moses and that that he does, he's not the Messiah. He couldn't possibly be the Messiah and all this stuff. And so Jesus is saying, look, I didn't come to change a thing. I didn't come to change anything. I am a fulfillment of what has already been prophesied mm-hmm. over 700 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? And 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 Isaiah, uh, it was I think 743 years before Jesus was born. It was prophesied exactly where he would be born uh, in, in Bethlehem. And so, uh, 
you know, you can't. Jesus is saying, I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to ruin or change anything or start something new. So I'm, I'm not here to, to start making up all these wild accusations. I'm just showing you that everything you guys have been studying is, I'm here to, to bring it to pass. And nobody, you know, the crazy thing is that nobody really understood and knew that everything he talked about was revolved around his death. You know, he was really talking this whole time to the fulfillment of the of the law. The fulfillment of the law is his death. You know, his death is the fulfillment of the law. And so they had no clue it was coming, even though he was telling them right to their face the whole time. In 18, it says, for assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Let me say that again. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So he's saying all these things that that, that, that are on here, it's all going to happen. It's, it's not just I'm just coming here and telling you one thing. He's saying all this stuff that that, I'm, that, that you've been told and, and you've been reading about and, and all these things that the prophets have been telling you, it's all getting ready to come to pass. Not just one or two things, but it's all getting ready to come. In 19 it says, Whoever therefore breaks one of, one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying just stay on track, stay on focus, and don't don't lead people the wrong way. Make sure that everything you're saying and telling people is correct, fact check. And even people who are listening to even this podcast here, it's one thing to listen to what I'm saying or what Brother James is saying, but you know, you have to you have to open up the word. You have to study it for yourself. The word tells us to test all things and see if they're from God. And so, you know, don't base every the way you live your life on something somebody else told you. You go out there and you find out yourself and you talk to the Lord about it and you find out if what you heard is true. Because discipline doesn't come from hearing one podcast or two podcasts or three podcasts or a hundred podcasts. Discipline comes from you putting what you're listening to on these podcasts into practice in your life mm. every day. And the word, you have to put the word into practice every day in your life. And that's how you become disciplined. Mm. And so if you want to become disciplined, you really want God to work in your life. You have to surrender it all surrender everything that you think you know to the to the will of God and allow him to, to do a work in you and he will uh, so from 20 it says for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven mm. for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that 
whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Rakah, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And so, you know, all through the word, it talks about how we should act with our brothers. One of my favorite scriptures uh, really relates to us, and I say it all the time, is, you know, as a man sharpens iron, uh, I'm sorry, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And I really love that scripture because that's exactly what we're doing here on this podcast is that we're sharpening each other because I don't know everything. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't claim to know everything. I just know what God has put in my heart and I know what he's done. And I really have an understanding of his word. But the understanding of his word that I have doesn't come from me. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would have no clue what I'm talking about. I would have, mm-hmm. I'd be lost. Yeah. I would be completely lost yeah. if it wasn't for his guidance. Yeah. And so we have to yield yeah. to him no matter what. Uh, but what right here, what yeah. he's saying is, don't be, even if somebody does you wrong, even if somebody does something to you that you don't agree with, don't be mad at them. Forgive them. Forgive them. If Jesus can forgive us in the middle of killing him, if Jesus can forgive the people who were, who were putting him on the cross, in the middle of them doing that, he forgave them. If he can do that, you can forgive the person who hurt you last week. You can forgive the person who tried to destroy you 10 years ago. You can forgive the family member who who you, you have a problem looking past whatever they did to you. You know, so don't don't dwell on what somebody's done to you. Don't allow that to hold you back from walking in your purpose. Walk in your purpose. That's what it's there for. It's purposely chosen. God has purposely chosen something for you to do with your life. And so you have to find that, walk in it, and do it every day. And, and once you, once you, you're actually walking in your purpose, it's not a job. It's not a job. It's not a hard thing to do. It's something that you enjoy, something that you love. And God wants to give you that peace, that satisfaction, that that hope, that hope. In 23, it says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So, you know, sometimes it's good to keep a distance from people. You know, sometimes, sometimes whenever somebody's mad at us, even if it's not our fault, we don't always need to go and approach them and say, hey man, I I know you're mad at me, but you know, I just want to tell you that, you know, don't be mad at me, man. Don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. You know, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Well, when a person is very angry, they're not here. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. They don't want to hear your apology. Sometimes you have to give people room in their life, you know, especially if it's something that you did because they don't even want to look at your face sometimes, you know. Everybody's not on the same level. And and, uh, and although it might sound good to you in your mind to approach somebody, sometimes it's best to to do things from a distance um, like what he's saying here and then give it some time and go back to that person. Go back to that person after a little time has passed 
and talk to them and then try to try to hash it out with them. But you, what you don't want to do is make the situation worse. And 25, it says, agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown in prison. So, and then 26 says, Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You know, it's it's not it's not a, a good thing to, to argue, to always be arguing with, with somebody, even especially somebody that already doesn't like you. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm not saying you need to say things to please somebody to get them off your back, but what you do need to do is be like-minded in that situation and to figure out where they are so that way you can know how to how to keep the peace you know really that's what it's saying here it says agree with your adversary quickly while you're on your way with him lest your adversary deliver you to the judge saying keep the peace keep the peace even in the middle of your anger keep the peace don't overreact don't don't allow them to take it to the next level when you're not even the one that's in control in 27 it says you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart uh oh thank god i think we, we might have we might have lost some listeners right there says, but i but i say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart and i really you really have to understand how important this is um, because when you look at social media um, you look at women who want to be seen uh, they people want to be liked they want you to to follow them all online and and see what they're doing and they they pose in certain ways that are provocative and uh, they try to do anything in a sexual way because they know that most guys, a lot of guys, a high percentage of guys are going to look at it. And once you start looking at it uh, and you, you, you look at it, it's more than just a breeze and, and you're really starting to look at uh, the, the features of a woman, you know, her, her, her backside, her front chest, her her whole body and, and the shape and, and you're looking at her in all the wrong ways with bad intentions well Jesus says right here that that's that you already committed adultery with her in your heart so that means that you cheated already in your heart and so you know women women are, are, are beautiful in every way and God created them for us but they didn't, God didn't create women so that you can go around and try to get with each and every one. He didn't create all these women in the world for you to, to uh, fantasize about all of them. So the scripture says here, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You need to look at, at a woman's heart when you look at her, not, not her rear end, you know. You need to look at a woman's heart. What is she? What is she about? Does she have integrity? Does she know the Lord? 
Is she willing to learn about the Lord? Or does she think that she's all that in a bag of chips, walking around in yoga pants and a tank top, and wanting you to message her and send these pictures and do a bunch of things that aren't befitting of a Christian? You know, you gotta you gotta consider all these things. You know, you should if if a woman isn't walking the same way you are, you shouldn't want to be with her. You know, if a woman is going around having sex with a bunch of different guys and she's all putting herself out there all over online half naked all the time and uh, doesn't seems to appear to not really have any kind of standard or confidence by doing these things you you got to really take you got to really look at that because is that something that you really want to surround yourself with do you want to surround yourself um with pleasure and feelings because you know what the word says about pleasure and and temporary pleasure the word tells us all about pleasure the pleasures and, and we need to not seek our own pleasure but we need to seek the treasure and that is the lord the lord is the ultimate treasure of our lives and if you pay attention to the treasure have more pleasure than you ever even thought was there there's there's the pleasure of the lord the play the pleasure that you get it's a different kind of pleasure it's not a it's not a a instant gratification because whenever you whenever you do things that whenever you're you're involved with a woman in a way that's sexually immoral um meaning that you're just you guys aren't even married and you're just having sex all the time and you know you really have no intentions on being married and you're just doing your thing or whatever you you you're tied to that person you are t- your soul is with that person and so that feeling that you get the reason that you feel so connected is because god made man and woman to be connected to be connected as a helper and so if if you depart from that and you go around and you're trying to satisfy that and, and trying to just be connected to all these different women you're killing your soul you're killing your soul god has a woman and and for the women who are listening god has a man everything that i'm saying can be reversed if you're a woman listening everything i said can be applied to you and if you're a man listening the same things can be applied but God has a man or a woman for each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast. He has one for you. Now, you you can't just go around doing what you want to do and expect the Lord to bless you because this this chapter right here is talking about the blessings. It's talking about Blessed are, are the poor in spirit, for their kingdom is in heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when you revile. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. So, these blessings that God's trying to put in your life. When you separate Christian living with immorality, now you just put a divider up in between you and God. 
And so you have to you have to resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. So if you struggle with with something like this, with with this this kind of lust, you have to constantly repent from it. If right when you get that thought, that feeling, you gotta repent immediately. Immediately. And if you don't, then it's just gonna sit in your mind until you do or you act on it. Because those thoughts end up becoming the actions that you that are played out in your life if you don't repent from them. And you should want every thought that comes through your mind to be filtered through the Holy Spirit. Uh, 29, it says, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. You know, the the thoughts that go through your mind, and we've talked about this before, I think, about sin. Um, you know, sin is pleasurable. And sin, uh, sexual sin, is the only sin that you do to yourself. You know, sexual sin is the only sin that you do to yourself. And it's actually the only sin that the Word tells us to run from. It says to run from sexual immorality. So don't allow the, don't allow the small things to turn into bigger things, is really what it's saying here. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and can't, stop. Remove it. Remove it. Re- remove the problem. If you remove the problem, you'll be able to see your purpose. But if you stand on a problem, it's it, it's going to get worse because the enemy doesn't just put one problem in your life. Oh, I can deal with this. Oh, no, you can't. Because either you ex- either you live for the Lord or you live for the enemy. So if you stand on one problem and you accept. If you accept one problem to remain in your life and you say, oh, no, this is okay for whatever reason, then the enemies already got you fooled because now he's going to send other things your way and he's going to desensitize you into thinking that certain things are okay when really they're not okay. And that's why when you look at the world right now, there's a lot of things going on that people are not convicted about. That's why. Because it starts with one small thing and it leads to another and another and another and another until there's no accountability. And I know we've talked about that before too, uh, James, that, uh, you know, that there is no, people are not looking at their sin anymore. They have no conviction, you know, and that's very serious in, in that matter. You have to, you have to see that conviction and you have to repent from it because if you don't, correct the convention if you don't correct the conviction it'll control your purpose it'll control your life Uh, 31 it says furthermore it has been said whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce but I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a woman who is divorced 
commits adultery. 33, it says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, excuse me, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. <laughs> you know, it's funny. God knows all the hairs on our heads. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows every hair on our head, unless he's talking to you, and then he, you, don't, you don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 almost, I'm almost missing all my hair, too. My hair's about to fall out. But what it says right here is that you cannot make one hair white or black. Yeah. You know, he says you can't even do you can't you don't even have control to make your hair black or white. Yeah. You know. So don't swear by your head because you cannot make one hair white or black. You don't control uh, the makeup of who you are. You know, people might dye their hair and they might do these things, but as far as a natural ability, God is in control of every aspect of the tiniest little things about our lives. God controls it from the from the hair follicles on our heads to the toenails on our on our feet you know god is in control and he is the creator and he's he designed everything that grows inside of us we are we are growing now we don't just grow spiritually uh we don't just grow spiritually and physically but we grow completely we, we are completely growing all the way around from our our liver to our heart to our hair to our knowledge, to our wisdom, to uh, technology, who we are even as humans, you know, we, we grow, we're growing. We are constantly growing and learning. We have to, they say the day you stop learning is the day you die. The day you stop growing is the yeah. day you die. So you have to constantly be learning and you can never, you're never gonna learn everything. You Don't be, don't, don't be wise in your own eyes, you know, don't, think that you got it all figured out because the second that you think you know something god god's going to come in and say yeah that that's cool and everything but look at this over here you know pay attention over here because i brought you here so that i could take you to this this other place over here and i'm going to show you something else over here because over here i didn't really want to show you because there's something even greater over here and if i showed you this you wouldn't have been it you wouldn't have walked through this to get there and you wouldn't appreciate it once I blessed you with it. And so to receive that blessing, God will take you through a journey. He will take you through a journey, his will and his way to get there. Uh, it says, but in 37, it says, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Be confident in your answer. Be confident in your responses. Be confident in the things that you do in your life. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't 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 tell somebody you're going to be there at 2 p.m. and and then call them at 2:05 and tell them you're not coming anymore. You know, you know what I mean. Just you have to operate <laughs> in integrity. You know. And integrity, yeah. to operate in integrity really means that 
operate you, yeah. you want to strive to operate in excellence at all times try to be your yeah. best all the time and if you say no be confident in your no it's okay to say no it's okay to say no to people and things in your life you know but when you say no allow that to be your final answer you know don't manipulate yeah. don't change it don't be don't be uneasy don't don't be um don't be all over the place and then uh, in 38 it says you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth which is pretty much saying you reap what you sow you know you reap what you sow whatever you whatever you you, you want to put out there that reap I, I love that in the Bible it, it, it talks about reaping and sowing a lot and you reap what you sow but in 38 it says you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. You know, when people do things like that, like when an evil person will come into your life and do something hurtful and they think that you're going to hide in fear, that fear and doubt is going to come in and, and destroy you. But when you, if you can sit there in all humility, and when a person comes into your life and does something to you, and you keep moving, that hurts that person even worse. And it allows God's work to be glorified in you by doing that. Because that's the will of the Father, is that we forgive. No matter what somebody does, you should always forgive and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So just because somebody does something to you, doesn't warrant you to respond in a violent way or to respond in a way that's not befitting for a Christian. It says if anyone, in 40 it says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away, take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away always be given everything in life all the materialistic things they can be replaced you know this computer these headphones these books in the background that bookshelf your glasses your shirt hats clothes houses cars socks shoes backpacks all those things are materialistic and they can be replaced so if if somebody if you have something somebody needs like I said earlier, this is just tying it all together. But if, if, if you have something that somebody needs and you can find out what they need, give it to them and make their day because you can get back anything that you lose. The only thing that you don't lose when you leave this earth is your salvation. Whenever you leave to transition with the Father, your salvation is what you bring with you. You bring your spirit with you. Your spirit goes with you up to heaven. And so you can't take anything with you. And I, I think I've said this before, but you know, I don't I've never seen a, a U-Haul behind a hearse. You know what I'm saying? Meaning, you know, a U-Haul is what we haul um, supplies for moving furniture. And when you when you move from one house to another, we have these things. Uh, do they have U-Haul over there? Moving from one house. Okay. Another. Yeah. They have these. They have trucks. 
Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Like, like a big moving truck. Well, they have. Okay. They also have ones that are on a. They have ones that are on a hitch that you hook onto a truck, and then you kind of. Okay, tow okay. It, tow it. Okay, yeah. So. Okay. But you people don't put a U-Haul with their stuff behind a hearse. A hearse is a vehicle okay. for a funeral. A funeral vehicle. So you know you don't okay. take. You don't take your. You don't take it. You don't take your stuff with you when you die. Okay. You know, uh, but uh, in 43, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, your enemies, bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Someone, when you know someone doesn't like you and they got a problem with you, pray for them. Yep. When someone hurts your feelings, pray for them. When someone tells you you're no good, pray for them. Whenever situations occur that make you feel down, when people leave you hanging, when people upset you, pray for them. 45 it says that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain to the just and on the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same so he's saying you know, if everybody, if we all just loved each other and everything was just perfect all the time and we, we never got mad at each other, what's the gain in that? We're, we're not gaining, we're not growing. But by humbling yourself and not getting upset and blessing and praying for those who hurt you, God is glorified in that. God is glorified in that because that's the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord is peace, love, Man, self-control, humility. If you can remain humble when someone is hating on you, your life will be changed. And then 47 it says, And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Says, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collector do so? Talk to, talk to the stranger in the street. Talk to the person that you don't know at the checkout aisle, at the store. Talk to the people in the market. Talk to the people that you've never met before. Because you never know when you're entertaining angels. Mm. God is always watching everything that we do. And you never know what kind of an impact you can be on someone else's life. By simply telling them, hello, how are you today? You know, by saying something so simple as that, you can, you can brighten somebody's day. So say hi to everybody. Don't talk to just the people you know. Talk to strangers too. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So he's really just trying to tell us, just to kind of sum that up, he's just really trying to tell us, uh, you know, the ways that the ways that we should live. And I know the word Beatitudes, the definition of Beatitudes is different, is a little different, but, you know, it's really, when you look at the word Beatitudes, these are attitudes that you need to be like. You know, these are attitudes that you need to be like. Yeah. They are, you know what I mean? When, when you really think about that, if you can, if you can live your life by this right here, this is a very serious, impactful chapter, chapter five in Matthew. But these, this diagram, it's really a diagram and a layout of how we, we need to live our life. It's like I said, that these are ways in which the Lord wants us to live and that Jesus is talking to us through uh, these red letters and telling us this is what this is the expectation for you guys this is really what I want you to do this is how I want you to live these are the ways these are the ways for us to strive to be like it says here you know I know that I'm not perfect I know you're not perfect I know we're not perfect but in 548 it says therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. And what he, I believe what he's saying here is that not that you're going to be perfect where you make no mistakes, but you are perfected in Christ through these beatitudes, through this way of living, through these ways you can be perfect. You can be a complete Christian by understanding these things, by understanding everything that it takes to be a Christian. And that's not to say that you're not going to make mistakes, because you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. But what this is saying is, when mistakes do happen, you know how to respond, you know how to respond, and you know what it looks like for Jesus and what his expectation is for the way that you live your life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you have just listened to our brother, Brett, take us through a survey of the B attitudes and practically interpreting them from a very practical point of view to the simplest understanding. I believe that your life will never be the same as you have listened to this. You come out from this place here, a rebranded person, knowing the way that the Lord wants us to live as the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to have these Beatitudes concluded in the next episode. Just stay tuned, dig in with us as we wrap up this discussion. It's been a wonderful time and I thank God for you and I know that God has really touched your life. Your life is never the same anymore. We pray for you. We pray that the holy hand of God will rest upon your life. We pray that the wonderful spirit of the living God will open your understanding and rest upon your life as we all strive to be perfect as the Lord has called us to be. Look at everything the Lord said that we should do from humility down onto tolerance, down onto praying for those that despitefully use us, all the rest of them. Christianity is just living for the Lord Jesus Christ and living for our neighbors. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are the salt of the earth. Amen. I give God praise for your life. So let's walk over to the next episode. Remember, this is Apostle James Podcast. 
transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Let somebody else hear what you are hearing. This is the greatest thing that you can do. God bless you. This is Apostle James Podcast. Transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many.